Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Wallet Talks Podcast, where we are exploring ways to have better conversations about money so we can make better decisions with our money. I am your host, Jason Alexander. Have you been wondering how to get your money right? Stressing every month with never-ending lists of financial demands? Or are you just tired of not knowing where all your money is going? Did you know that Wallet Coach has a solution? Wallet Coach offers one-to-one coaching sessions to get your money back into shape. Wallet Coach was formed to help everyday people get financially secure and free by teaching a four-step approach to money management. Our favorite testimony is one client who saved up $1,000 as an emergency fund within six months while only making $1,800 a month. If you are curious how Wallet Coach can help you in similar ways, Sign up for a free 15-minute consultation on our website, thewalletcoach.com. That's thewalletcoach.com. Or text the word COACH to 470-606-8949 to get a link to schedule. Now back to the show. Hey guys, so as we say in this episode, we are going to explore the first week of 2022 with the wallet coach, myself, Jason Alexander. And I just want to just come and talk to you guys real quick about what I've been going through as far as setting up for the first year or the first uh, for this new year in 2022. And just give you a little background. Um, this probably is airing on December 12th or something like that. So we're 10, 12 days in. 12 days in, can you believe it? And still, I'm still kind of having trouble putting 2022 on my dates and things that, that of that nature. But hey, it came in pretty quietly, but it is now definitely uh, something, 2022 is definitely um, coming in differently. I had, uh, we have a small bout with COVID, but had no symptoms, but it's a reality check on what we should be doing to prepare ourselves. I think one of the reasons why we had, um, or particularly me, had no symptoms was because um, we definitely had prepared ourselves, our immune system to to face the challenge if it ever came. Um, and I know that um, I did have some mild symptoms, but I do believe uh, by taking the vaccination and the boosters and um, getting my immune system correct and taking vitamin C and elderberry and things of that nature helped contribute. Didn't just didn't um, prevent a didn't didn't hurt the situation. I think it helped the situation. But thinking about preparation for upcoming challenges or the upcoming year, people typically have New Year's resolutions. Or they have goals. And one of my fellow podcasters uh, just had a post that says, we don't do resolutions. We do goals. And I kind of agree with that because resolutions is to me saying, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore or something like that. It sounds like I'm it sounds like a restrictive thing, like I'm going to move away from this because it's bad. And I don't see the 
the joy and how that's going to last long without it's not it's not properly motivated to me. So we're going to talk about that, uh, how our goals can be properly motivated. Um, I want to tell you guys what we've done this year thus far in the first 10 to 12 days this year. We did something different. We actually budgeted, did an annual budget. Yes. What does that mean? We did a projection of what our living with expenses, our income would be for the entire year. This is something that was sparked because this year in 2022, I will be 100% a contractor. So my hours kind of fluctuate. And so, and we want to have a, a stability and I wanted more efficiency coming in 2022. I wanted more automation and that's, that alleviates a lot of, to me, will alleviate a lot of stress going into every month budgeting or setting a spending plan because I kind of know what's going to happen and I'm just maybe tweaking here and there based on what our objectives are for that month, right? And so having the annual plan allows me to see where also I can probably automate some stuff, uh, put it on auto pay or uh, auto withdrawal transfer for savings and things like that because I projected even savings, even tithing, giving, all the way down. And remember, we teach a zero-based budget. So income minus expenses equals zero. So my projected income for the year, I, I have an assignment for every single dollar. So there's nothing wasted. And so I like that. And it was kind of tough to do it, but it's also refreshing because we we got to see how we can fit some of our main goals. Like this year, we're going to be married for 10 years. Woo woo. Let's give it up for Jason and Tiffany. And to my wife's uh, this man, we haven't had a like outside of our honeymoon or like a, a getaway vacation. And she needs it. She deserves it. Uh, we deserve it. And so. I was able to plan that out and, and, and plan out the funding for that in the first couple of months. And so it was it's good to see and to give her, my wife, this plan and say, listen, look, one of your goals this year for, for us was to have a good honey, um, anniversary trip. We got the funds. This is how it's going to work. If we if we stick to these these, you know, for me, hours and things of that nature, we can hit it. And so she was very pleased with it. And uh, I think it gave a sense of comfort and hope and uh, security. And I hope you do the same thing. I'm telling you this. So maybe you do the same thing. It's not too late, even though it's 12 days into the new year. It's not too late to start planning and setting up goals. So as I was doing that and setting up the, uh, the goals for the annual budget, there's all that was a financial piece, but there's also goals for personal, spiritual, like all kinds of things. And and right now, honestly, if I'm being, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I'm I'm still incomplete. I got in certain areas of the wallet coach business has some goals. The finance for our personal finance has some goals, but me personally, um, I'm still incomplete on, you know, my spiritual aspect, my like goal setting for that. And you're like, why do you have a goal setting for a spiritual? Like, no, goal setting for spiritual stuff like, okay, I want to be more disciplined in prayer and study 
so that I have a I want to have a deeper relationship with Christ. Those are the type of things. But then that's a great desire. But what is your action? Because one of our sayings is that, yeah, you may have a good desire. But without a, you know, it's like a dream because this this desire is like a dream. I wish. Right. I wish that I have a deeper relationship. But without a plan. It's just a wish. And I kind of said that wrong. The saying goes, a dream without a plan is just a wish. So you have this dream of being able to have a deeper relationship with Christ. But in the end, you don't have a committed, disciplined, outlined approach on how you're going to do that. What are your steps? Oh, I'm going to pray for five days a week. That's great. Now, put that down and kind of give yourself accountability in your planner or whatever to see if you're doing that. So my plans for my other uh, uh, domains in life are are incomplete, but I'm still going to work through them because it's still the first month of preparation. So that's going to be that. Um, as we was going through that, I, I was reminded on my phone something very interesting. While we was planning out the annual budget and setting goals my my uh, my calendar showed us that we on I think this week the eleventh or something like that was our anniversary of being debt free. Can you believe that our anniversary for being debt free? We became debt free. For those who don't know, and twenty completely debt free in twenty eighteen. We got consumer debt free in twenty sixteen. So we've been consumer debt free for five years. Um, Consumer debt free for five years, now six years probably, I think now. Yeah. And uh completely debt free with no mortgage and everything like that. We 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 became in twenty eighteen. And I asked my wife the other day, how does that make you feel that you're you know, we it's another this is the anniversary of of, of us paying off everything and not having any debt whatsoever. And she was like I don't feel different. I, I it doesn't it doesn't excite me anymore. And I was like, Why? She's like, Well, because we're not in that place anymore. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, we're not debt free anymore. I was like, well, really? She was like, yeah, because, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking about what debts we have or what, you know, bad things we have. And it's a, it's, it's something that you guys can definitely ponder through too as well. She, we have a new home. We bought a home. We didn't buy it with cash. We financed it. So we do have a mortgage now. Right. And so the mortgage is definitely um, something that we want to get rid of. But I want to be strategic and like, OK, am I just going to get rid of it just to get rid of it so that I can keep up with like Dave Ramsey and everybody else saying, hey, you know, debt is dumb and things like that. And and you should just have everything paid for. And so I was thinking like, OK, well, while we've been here, we have received tremendous appreciation on our home and it has allowed us to uh, reconsider that. It's like, wow, why is like we I mean, are we going to be here for 20, 30 years? Why am I paying it off if I'm not going to be here that long? And if I can, if I'm getting, you know, if I have 70, 75 percent, uh, no, not 75, but like. $50,000 worth of equity in it already. 
let me just hold on a little bit, pay the minimum. I might put a little extra, but then it'll pay for itself when we move in five, maybe five to 10 years. Or we may just keep it and turn it into a rental property. We've already rented out the basement, so that's bringing in some income to help alleviate some some um, financial obligations. But she's right. It's a debt, though. It is a debt. And if you, um, like Tiffany, she does, just does not. She despises debt. And, and the other thing we have is we have business debt. We have business debt. So what I mean by business debt is... We are, um, we have some, we took out a couple, I took out one loan for, um, and it was like 0% interest for 12 months to help with the, or with the, with the part that's being rented that's under our business. And that area needed some, uh, mechanical infrastructure redoing. And so I took out a little loan to, to get that, um, less than 10,000, like $7,000 to get that repaired. But in my mind, the way I look at it, yes, it's a debt. However, I'm not the one paying for the debt. The rental is. So it's not coming out of my pocket. So that's my philosophy. Me and Tiffany, we'll talk about it. We'll, We'll probably have a podcast about this too, how we have different philosophies now about our finances. She's again still more conservative and she's still more like I don't I don't understand debt or anything like that. Um and I'll be honest too, we 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 use credit cards. Um <clears throat> we uh, typically don't we don't I don't I pay it off at the end of the month, but we use our credit cards to get points. And the philosophy behind that is like, oh, ooh, well you got points like isn't that, you know, that isn't that's not worth the cost of all the interest. So that's that is true if you allow interest to start to accrue on your credit card balances that you get cash back on. So for me, this whole entire year, I've only paid less than two dollars of interest. And that's only because I was late on a payment. And I say late. I just forgot to put in. I, I timed it wrong. But overall, I've made like four. We made like oof, $600 um, in interest. I mean, in cashback, I see it as interest. And the money that we were already going to spend, we got $600 of that back versus leaving that money in the bank and getting maybe 60 cents or even $6 on that same money. So to me, we come out ahead in that scenario, especially since letting our money just rest in a bank account, not earn us anything. While the money that we do spend gives us one, 2% cat, uh, uh, interest back into our pocket. So we utilize credit cards in that sense and not to accumulate debt and buy things that we, we can't afford or haven't planned for and just say, oh yeah, well I'll pay it back in 30 days. No, we don't do that. We literally, okay, of the things that we budgeted, what, what are we going to pay with what are we going to pay in cash with our cash or what are we going to pay with the car and then pay back at the end of the month with the cash? And so that's how we do it. Uh, it's nothing. The bills that we already were going to pay for all of our uh, and I talked about setting up automation. 
those automations are going to the credit card. And it helps better cash flow versus timing everything based on when your checks come in and things like that, especially now since I'm going to be more of a contractor and my hours could fluctuate. You need that cash flow to be, you know, you need that cash. You need funds available. I say cash you need funds available to meet your obligations that pop throughout the month, even if you don't have the funds from your earned income. The credit card would be there as a bridge between each check. And then by the end of the month, you have you your own earned income will be enough to pay for the, the items that you plan for. So that's one that's one thing. And I think that takes Tiffany out like, oh, my gosh, we're in debt. Like, no, that's not necessarily we're using debt. Doesn't mean we're in debt. So that kind of brought me to like, OK, why were you thinking like this, girl? Why are we thinking like this? Like we just had our anniversary. Why are you thinking that our anniversary of being debt free or achieving that goal is uh, kind of like dead and, and limiting and things like that? And it made me think of some a concept. And y'all tell me this. Y'all put in the feedback in the chats or in the comments. Do you have you considered your goals if they're based in uh, their motivation, their why is based in maybe hope? Or is it fear? For example, when we was on our debt free journey, my wife motivation for why was I don't want to owe anyone. I don't want to owe anyone. And the reason why we talked about this, the reason why she had that fear is because of a a traumatic event that happened. And it could be true for you. And I'm saying I'm not saying this is a wrong thing. I'm just hear me out. She said, I don't want uh, someone to come and take our car or our home because we can't make a payment and Things are not stable. And so it was a fear of losing. Not necessarily, you know, not a thing, but the opposite side of it for me was my why that got me really motivated to become debt free towards the end, like the last six months and uh, last last year of it, you know, really accelerated our progress was a hope to be able to have financial freedom to bless my family. So our goal was we had uh, $112,000 in debt, which included student loans and credit cards, true credit card balances. And we didn't have a timeline on it. We were just, just going, like Dave says, gazelle intensity. We were just going hard at it. Very, you know, scrimping, saving, double work, selling stuff. And we didn't have a timeline, but we end up paying it all off within 28 months. I believe I kind of get that number at 26, 28. But it would have been maybe like three years if toward that last year I didn't shift my mindset because I was reluctant. I'll be honest. I was reluctant in our first the first 16 months of that process. I was reluctant. Like, ah, yeah, we can do it. We don't have to cut everything, Tiffany. Like, we still can have cable, you know. Uh, but no, I finally got on board and, and went extreme, uh, scarcity <laughs> or, or, uh, uh, yeah, extremely the opposite direction when I had this hope where I just explained, which was, you know what, if I can get rid of this debt, 
this $600 payment, this $700 payment, this whatever payment. If I can get that in my pocket every single month, man, the possibilities I can really give the way I really want to give. And that inspired me so much. And and what was coming uh, out into the future in the beginning of that year was our first family and uh, well, renewed family. Uh, what is that retreat? We had kids come in from California. They're coming to Atlanta and or Chicago. They were all coming to Atlanta. And I knew some of some of my cousins. I never met with them. I was like, man, it would be so great if I could take them out. I know they're not going to have the funds for this part. They may not have the funds, but I would really want to bless them and let them have an experience where they experience maybe Six Flags or the Coca-Cola Museum or just have a really, really good time and not have to worry about finances. And that motivated. I was like, well, I can't do that until I get these other people out of my pocket. And that hope of being able to be a blessing really struck a fire to make me do the things I wouldn't have done earlier because I want to do something better later. And so those two bases, one that is fear-based, one that is hope-based, once you achieve your, what I'm seeing now, once you've achieved your uh, assignment, not assignment, but once you achieved your uh, goal, that hope or that that base can motivate you to continue to make new goals or it could just make you complacent. So in my mind, when I'm thinking about, OK, how what are new ways we can give or increase and do more? When I talk to my wife, I can see those that that original why of fear, fearing going into like, oh, no, I don't want to we. We're not as stable and things like that. And I'm like, what? She sees limitation because of her basis where I see opportunities. And as I've evolved in this journey, I'm seeing like from a hope perspective, it's like, okay, yes, debt is wrong. If you don't know how to use it, you don't know how to use it properly. And just like any kind of machinery that you have or tool, if you don't know how to use it properly, like a chainsaw, it's going to hurt you. It's going to come back on you. But if you take precautions and, and you study and you do what you're disciplined, what you're supposed to do, it can really work out. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to buy more rental properties and we're going to buy them with a loan. But that asset that we buy, our philosophy is that that asset pays for itself. So that rental property is going to pay the mortgage and we get a smaller percentage back into our pocket. It gives us cash flow and we want to build that small cash flow from each from a, from a rental property into a portfolio of rental properties that that cash flow grows to the point where it pays for our living expenses. Now, I have a very I've had this goal right here in about uh, in my mind for a while. Five years from now, I want to have a portfolio of rental properties where we receive passive cash flow and small increments per unit, but collectively pay the, ca- uh, the cash flow collectively pays for our living expenses, our daily monthly living expenses. And so therefore someone else 
is financing or paying for our lifestyle. While any money that we make on the side through earned income, through business, the other business ventures is what they call overflow. So I'm seeing opportunities to expand and continue to do the things that to go to 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 be more abundant in what my original why was to be able to be a blessing to others. While I think people, if you have fear as your basis, it kind of keeps you into the scrimp and save scarcity mindset also keeps you probably in the mindset of like, okay, no, that's a limit. I got to make sure that I still don't have this base covered, which is, it could be prudent, but also again, limiting. Now I'm not saying my wife has been very open. I'm not trying to pick on her. She's definitely been open to certain things. And this is one area as far as like leveraging debt and things like that, um, that she, she has allowed me <laughs> or agreed to go along with me in this process. But in her heart, heart, she wouldn't have gone that way. And but I use her. Her perspective to help balance and make sure I do all the research and do make make sure I really dig in and understand and comprehend what's going on so that I can answer all of her, her questions that are maybe out of fear of losing security and things of that nature so yeah so that's all i that i want to just put that out there like hey when you're setting your goals i mean really think about it is it hope based or fear based hope based to me like i said it's going to see opportunities going to be more of a long-term fear based is it's a very strong motivator fear is a very strong motivator but it is a limiter as well because once you achieve your goals doesn't inspire you to create new goals or do you become a hermit like oh i got now i got mine and let me keep mine and no one else because i don't i fear losing so i hope my hope is that you evaluate your goals this year and put it in proper perspective talk it out with someone else and see what's going on because as we say in everything that we do or every session that we do a podcast, it's not about what you make. It's about what you do, what you make. As we conclude this episode, if you change your mind, you change your wallet, you change your life. Go out there and make changes. This is your wallet coach, Jason Alexander, signing out. Peace.